Hey, thanks so much for stopping by the Roar Church Podcast. This is Pastor Anthony. We're believing that today's gonna be a great day. Let's jump in today's message. Roar Church, how many is ready to dive into the word today? I am excited to be with you guys. I'm excited to continue our series entitled Prayer. And today I want to talk to you about um, something that the Lord began to speak to me about uh, many weeks ago when we were driving from the West Coast to the East Coast. I began to pray and speak to the Lord. And I know I'm diving in quick, but I, this message is somewhat lengthy and I have a lot to talk about. And I want to try to get it in within 20 minutes, 30 minutes. So somebody please say, yes, Lord. But what I'm trying to do is, is convey to you um, about what a healthy prayer life looks like. And I began to speak to the Lord as we were leaving California. And, you know, I was, you know, a little frustrated about how things have taken place over the last two years. God, you allowed us to see this. You allowed us to taste this. You know, our lifestyle was a little bit different and, and all these things. And, and I was kind of just bombarding God with not Thanksgiving, but I was bombarding God with just, yo, where have you been? It was, you know, this Job mentality. And then all of a sudden, as I began to pray uh, to the Lord, the way I was speaking began to change from a place of, of lack to a place of uh, I had enough. And, and this question that kind of just came across my mind that I felt like the Lord had Im implanted on me was even if, Anthony, even if. And I think we need to understand that fear will always present itself with the question of what if. But faith will always respond with the statement and the answer of even if. And, and I was saying to God in that moment, I was starting off my prayers, but what if God, like almost as saying that God, you can't do it because the task is too big. Or what if, God, you are doing this? And all of a sudden, as I begin to pray and I begin to labor to the Lord, my heart began to be filled with endless possibilities, with purpose. And what was, what if was shifted to even if, even if all that stuff happens, I'm still going to keep praising the Lord. Even if all this stuff goes to, to hell, I'm still going to continue being a son. Even if uh, uh, Roar Church was to ever shut down, does that mean that I stopped being a son? I, I, I had to come to this conclusion that I will do whatever it takes. And today I want to talk to you in, about a message entitled, even if you fill in the blank, I'll do whatever it takes. Philippians 4 and 6 says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, in every situation, by prayer, any petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Before we go any further, we need to understand that prayer is not a religious activity. It is a relational activity. Prayer is simply conversational. But prayer actually means that we are petitioning things here on earth to a petitioning to somebody that's in a higher form above us and we're needing their help and we're asking for their help. What we're seeing going on in our country right now, you're seeing protests and people petitioning to the governments because they realize what they're doing, they have no authority. So we petition to a higher authority. 
And when we pray, we are praying to a higher authority. We are petitioning heaven and asking heaven to, to align uh, our thoughts with heaven's thoughts so that heaven can come down here to earth. When we pray, we are petitioning heaven. We need God to move on our behalf. But something that has stuck out to me that I talked about two weeks ago about a homemade God, Psalm 66 and 18 says it like this. If I regard iniquity, somebody say iniquity, in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. What he is saying is, if I regard sin in my heart, it's like a blocker to heaven that the Lord will not hear us. If I regard wickedness in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. If I regard hate in my heart, then the Lord will not hear me. Prayer is contingent on the right relationship. That's why I keep saying prayer is serious business. When you're praying to God, you need to have a clean heart, a clean mind, and a clean spirit. Because according to Psalms right here, 66 and 18, if we have sin in our heart, the Lord will not hear us. If we have wickedness in our heart, then the Lord will not hear us. And the thing that we need to be praying more than anything is that the Lord will hear us. God knows that when I'm petitioning heaven, I'm not petitioning just so I can ramble off words to feel better. I'm praying to a God that asking him to come and intercede on my behalf. And one of the ways that our prayers can be answered is when we come to God in the right heart, in the right mind, in the right spirit. And one of the first things that you can do that by is by clearing the air, getting the elephant out of the room. God already knows that we're sinners. God already knows that we're people that have made mistakes. So one of the things that I constantly do for me personally is that when I come to, to Jesus, when I begin to pray, one of the first things out of my, my mouth is, dear heavenly father, Forgive me for all my sins. Cleanse my heart. Renew my mind. Before I petition my prayers to this God for him to do something for me, the thing that I come to him is I honor him in his position. That it's only God himself that can get me out of this place. You're going to fail. You're going to mess up. But the, the, the real test in the Christian walk is when we go from a place of what if to even if. And the only way that we can make that crossroad from the, 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 the what if to the even if is being filled with God's presence by petitioning heaven so that we can get filled with the endless possibilities. Because I'm just gonna be real truthful with you at times. In ministry, in life, you can live in a place of what if in the natural if you're not filled with what the Spirit is saying in the even if. The even if often attaches itself to the question of what if that will lead us to the breakthrough. But you have to have the right mentality. 
That even if all hell breaks loose, you're not going to quit. Even if Roar Church doesn't have a building right now, we are going to keep moving strong. Even if we don't see what we thought we were going to see, that doesn't mean we are going to quit because God is not raising a church that is scared. God is raising a church that is roaring like a lion. We're not moved by what's going on in the natural. We are moved by what's going on in the spirit. And God is saying if you can align your heart with heaven and come from a place of what if to even if God says I will release a reign a purpose a destiny a miracle over you like never before but he is looking for the church to become more persistent in their pursuit not only to Jesus but more persistent in their pursuit in prayer the greatest need in our world it's for Christians and churches to make a difference, not only in their own lives, but finally to make a difference in other people's lives. The reason why we see so much injustice going on, the reason why we keep seeing so much hate going on is because we're not filling ourselves with prayer any longer. There's no way that you can pray to a God that is a God of justice, a God that is for humanity and not be filled for love of white, black, red, yellow, white, whatever color you wanna be. But when we're not filled in prayer, then that means means we are filled with hate and we're filled with things that are counteractive to who Jesus Christ is. The mission of the church should not just be it's about me though. When I'm praying prayers to God and I'm being persistent in my prayers to God, my prayers should not be conformed around Anthony Shepherd and my situation that's going on, but my prayers should be conformed around the persistency of getting others to know the God that I've come to know. That I'm not so much worried about me and my as much as I'm worried about you and yours. Philippians 3 and 10, it says it like this. Now I have given up everything else. I have found it to be the only way to really know Christ and experience the mighty power that brought him back to life again and to find out what it means to suffer and to die with him. The first thing that you need to understand in this scripture is he had to first live a life of surrender before he could even encounter and get what all God had for him. He had to surrender his life to Jesus Christ. And then in verse 11, it goes on. After he had now been in a place of surrender, now he went from a place of what if to even if. And he says it like this in verse 11, in Philippians 3, 11, it says, so whatever it takes, I will be one with who lives in the freshness, the newness of life of those who are alive uh, from, uh, from the dead. What he is saying that even if all hell breaks loose, even if it doesn't make sense, I will do everything I can to become one with God, to become one with his presence. And how do we become one with his presence? By being persistent in prayer. By having a true relationship with Christ. Our prayer life is a representation of a healthy Christian walk. You show me a healthy Christian, I'll show you a healthy prayer life. You show me a healthy prayer life, I'll show you somebody that is a healthy Christian. 
not a religious leader, but a healthy Christian. And in verse 12, it says, I don't mean to say that I am perfect. I have learned all I should even yet, but I keep working toward the day when I finally will be all that Christ has saved me to be. No, dear brothers, I am still not all that I should be, but I am bringing all my energies to bear on this one thing, forgetting the past, forgetting the failures, forgetting the sin. See, you gotta understand, when you renew your mind, all of a sudden, the things that tried to, to hold you down, all of a sudden are wiped away. It's not that God is great at forgetting our past, it's you're not good at forgetting your past. And the way that you can't forget your past and the way you will forget your past is the more that you are laboring in prayer. The more that you begin to petition heaven, the more that you become one with what heaven is saying. Heaven is not saying that you're a sinner. Heaven is saying that you're saved by grace. Heaven is not calling you by your action. Heaven is calling you by that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. God doesn't look down from heaven and say, hey, there's a luster. Hey, there's a failure. No, but God looks down and says, no, but that is my son. That is my daughter. That is the one that whom I am well pleased. All that happens when we begin to come one with the spirit by petitioning heaven in prayer. We have to petition heaven in prayer. But before we petition heaven in prayer, we must first be in a posture of surrender. And he said, I had to learn to give up everything. What is everything? Everything is normalities. Everything that makes sense. Everything that seems logical. I've been serving God for a really long time. In every miracle that I have seen God do, there's not one thing that seemed logical. There wasn't one thing that seemed normal. There wasn't one thing that I could look about it in the normal and say, oh yeah, I could see God doing that. Oh God, I could see God doing that. No, it wasn't until that I would begin to pray prayers and begin to, uh, to be persistent and bombarding heaven with bold prayers did I see heaven move with bold miracles. It's when I begin to take my wants and trade them in for his wants. It was when sin would try to limit, limit me, then all of a sudden God would fill me up with endless possibilities. It would be that little devil that would try to sit on your shoulder and tell you, you can't do this, you can't do that. Every closed door that you're walking through, you, you, you might as well just understand that, that God must be against you because I've never seen somebody walk through the stuff that you've walked through. I've never seen somebody deal with the failures that you've dealt with. But can I just encourage somebody's spirit for those that feel like you've been tempted quite often, you felt like you wanted to quit. You felt like you were leaving or living in the place of what if rather than the place of even if. But can I just tell you and encourage you that a faith that hasn't been tested is faith that can't be trusted. If God is testing you, it's only to trust you. Roar Church, if you're, if you're, if you're here today, you better stand up and give God a shout because I know our church has been tested, but it's only so that we could be trusted. And I would encourage you, never attach yourself to somebody that you are following that has never been tested. Because truthfully, you don't know if they can be trusted. 
Jesus himself was tempted. Jesus himself was, was, uh, uh, was tested. But through his, the way he lived his life, that's how we know that he was a sinless, blameless, perfect man. Because he was tested so that he could be trusted. If all you've ever tasted was good, how would you ever know what bad is? If all you've ever known what bad was, then I'm telling you, there, there is a good God that's getting ready to come in your way tonight. We as a church must be willing to live in a place of what if and answer it as I'll do whatever it takes. But that only comes by living a life of being persistent. Even if it costs my life, I'm gonna keep praying. Even if it means living uncomfortably, I'm going to keep praying. See, the what ifs of life will, will make you want to live in a place, uh, at least for me, if I can just be real. You know, we went before we, we, we launched Roar Church, we were living pretty nice. Our salary was really, really healthy. And then when we launched Roar, I was like, Jesus, <coughs> are you... Heaven, are you sure? Because what the world and what Satan wanted to do was keep me confined to a place of what if, of doubt, of, of God won't do this. That's why I'm so big on this right now in this series. Because I have been diving hard in prayer. That's why we're doing 21 days of prayer and fasting right now. That we would begin to walk away from the, the what if and live in the place of even if. And answer it with, I'll do whatever it takes. Jesus said it like this, let not my will, but your will be done. Jesus knew there were moments in his life that the task would seem bigger than the fight that's in me. But that's why we have to petition heaven to get heaven's point of view. That's why it's so important. Jesus did not want to be beaten on a cross. He did not want to be bruised. Hear me. How do I know this? Because he labored and petitioned heaven and said, Father, not my will, but your will. Because my will would be to say, peace out, cross. I, I'm, I'm the finished product. I don't have to do this now. God came and rescued me. But God saw fit to have Jesus beaten and bruised and killed and he arose in three days so that you and I could walk in total victory. His faith was tested so that victory could be trusted. And the victory that is real is the victory that is in Jesus. When we're praying, we're not just praying to a homemade God. We're not just praying to somebody that's far out. We're praying to a near God. We're praying to a near father that can move on our behalf, who can move in your midst. God isn't something that you have to see. God isn't something that you have to feel. God is something of just knowing. We have to be persistent and running the race and answering the call of I'll do whatever it takes.
I don't feel like praying, but I'll do whatever it takes. I've been battling sickness. It's just easier not to pray right now. When you wake up in the morning and you grab your phone and you go to Instagram, before you go to the prayer app or before you pray to God or you open your Bible app, what are you actually saying to God that you're more persistent of? There's a story that talks about persistency. In Mark 2, there's these five guys and there's four of them that are hanging out with this man that is paralyzed, that is the fifth one. Four guys that are healed, one guy that is paralyzed. And they heard that Jesus was coming into their town. And they knew and they had heard the stories of this man being a miracle worker. And these men were so concerned about not just meeting Jesus, but about being persistent of, of getting this man healed that the story tells us in Mark 2 that there, every door was closed, every opening was shut. But yet that did not stop these men from reaching God. In fact, the story goes on to tell us that these men were so desperate to see God move, not in their life, but they were so persistent to see God move in this man's life who was sick and paralyzed that they actually began to tear the roof off and they lowered this man that was paralyzed on a mat down through a hole to where Jesus was. And Jesus saw the persistency of these crazy wild men and said, your faith has basically made you uh, healed and go on and be in no sin no more. And Jesus says, the scripture tells us like this. Let me just read it. He says, now some of the teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God? Because God said to, or Jesus said to that man, your sins were being forgiven. He didn't heal that man at that time. He looked at that man as he was coming down through the roof and said, your sins, son, uh, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees that were sitting around are, are, are now tripping because they're thinking, how can this man forgive sins. Who does this man think he is? And Jesus being a homie and a bad boy like he is because he's from like South Oxnard. Hello, come on somebody. You know what I'm talking about. Jesus replies it back this to him and says uh, in verse 8, he says, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven or to say get up, take your mat and walk. But I want you to know that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So we said to this man, I'll tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. This man gets up and does what he just was told to do by God. And, and, and I'm, I'm here to tell somebody, we're great in, in, in the American church preaching about God is only a God of open doors. But I came with a word for somebody that God is also the God of closed doors. If you'll just be persistent in your pursuit to keep 
keep wanting to reach Jesus. These men were shut out of this house. There was no opening. There was no door. There was no window that they could go through. So instead of just walking away saying there's no way we could be healed. There's no way we could be saved. There's no way we could be changed. They decided, you know what? We're going to do something crazy. And God probably looked at them and said, yo, just because you're crazy, I'm going to go ahead and heal this man. And I'm wondering, do we have any people here today that are crazy enough that will say, even if California shuts down every church, we'll never stop from spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. Even if we don't have a building, we're not going to keep pursuing our pursuit to Jesus Christ. Even if there's not a church building in the old formality that we're used to, does that mean that we stop worshiping Jesus? Does that mean we stop being in community with people that we love? The prayers of a persistent person is important. But being in the right community with the right people during the right time and the right placement of your life is also just as important because this man could not get his healing on his own. He needed these four guys to pick him up, to lower him down in order for him to be healed. Anytime you're chasing God, you're going to have to avoid conveniences, normalities, complacency. Because God loves using the foolish things to shame the wise. In fact, he said it like this in 1 Corinthians 1 and 18. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is power of God. It's not going to make sense at times, but that's why you have to pray prayers that are persistent with what heaven is asking and what heaven is doing. When I'm coming to heaven, that's why I said earlier, I come to him just as Psalm said, I come to uh, get rid of my iniquities before I ask him for anything. I want a pure heart. I want a pure mind. I want a pure soul. So I'm not asking anything in the natural, but I've already aligned myself with heaven and saying, God, I may not have it figured out, but this is what I'm asking for we have to be willing to tear the roof off the ceiling we have to be a people that are willing to do whatever it takes not only to meet Jesus for ourselves but to have others meet Jesus the way that we've come to know him I can guarantee you all four of those brothers if they were up here with me all four of those brothers probably had an issue in their life but they realized that the person's issue was greater than their circumstances they realized that all four of them together that hey this man needs a miracle have you ever been in a place where somebody else's purpose was greater than yours that's why I do what I do. Preaching the gospel for me is becoming easy and I love it. But it's because I'm concerned with your life that you will walk in the fullness and the purpose that God has called you. It's not to just build a church. It's to build Christians. It's to build disciples. And I'm not concerned about a building because my mentality has went to what if to even if. Even if this world goes crazy, I will, steep, I will still continue to chase after you, God. 
I will still be committed to all that you have called me to do, to do and to be in spreading the good news of Jesus, not only for myself, but to others. The crowds were enormous. Everything that was around that building was filled with people. It was filled with chaos. Some of you may be filled with confusion, but I hear the Lord saying to just keep pursuing. Be persistent. The closed door that's in front of you is not a no, because a faith that has not been tested is a faith that cannot be trusted. A destiny that has not been tested is a destiny that cannot be trusted. And God is unlocking some destinies here tonight to let you know just because those prophetic words that have been spoken over you have not come to pass does not mean that you don't need to still keep praying over them. There are things that have been spoken over our church that I have found myself laboring in, the, in, the, in the, the human side of things, the natural side of things, rather than uh, positioning and posturing myself in what God is doing supernaturally. And I'm saying it like this because there are certain things that were spoken over our, our church and over our, Brittany and I's marriage that God was gonna do this and God was doing that. And I found myself not even praying and being persistent over those things that were spoken. I just took them as they missed it. And I felt the Lord say, no, they did not miss it. But I am seeing if you will be persistent in your pursuit of wanting it. Convenience has a way of stopping us from doing the things that are comfortable. And it's amazing. The more I ask this question, even if I'll do whatever it takes. The response to whatever it takes is simply, will you just pray? God's not looking for you to do something massive. God is looking for you to be persistent in your prayer walk. God is not looking for you to go and change the world. God is looking for you to be persistent in your prayer. God is not looking for you to be the next Billy Graham. God is looking for you to be persistent in a prayer because a healthy prayer life shows a healthy walk with Christ, because it shows that you're more concerned about talking with him than you are about talking with others. Whatever it takes has to be our posture. It has to be our stance, but the only way that you will get fulfilled with the whatever it takes is by being persistent in a prayer life. We have to be willing as a church to do whatever it takes to spread the gospel. And my question to you tonight is, are you willing to do whatever it takes? Are you willing to cry out to God like you've never cried out to him before? Are you willing to, to be persistent in your prayers like you've never been persistent before? You may not have been all these things before, but today's a new day. 
Be intentional about your prayers. Be persistent with your prayers. And be in the right community to pray these prayers. When we moved from uh, Florida to California, one of the things that I kept hearing from my kids all the time was, God, Dad, we're so, we're so happy that we don't have to have the, the rain anymore. We don't have to deal with rain no more. The rain had become a nuisance to their life. It had become the thing that ruined their playtime. And to a child, prayer can be a nuisance. The rain can be a nuisance. But to the farmer who has seed in the ground, the praying becomes the miracle worker and the rain becomes the thing that they're actually longing for. On one side, one person looks at it as it's a nuisance. On the other side, the person looks at it as it's the miracle. And I felt like the Lord was saying that there is a rain that is coming over our lives, but it's only going to matter to the ones that have sowed the right seeds and planted them in the right ground. Prayer is what gives us power. It's what gives us confidence. It's what allows us to line with what the heartbeat of heaven is so that we can move in heaven's miracles, in heaven's realms on earth. We have to change our mentality of being okay with being okay. How's your prayer life? That's okay. How's your walk with Jesus? That's okay. Do you pray? Yeah. What kind of prayer do you pray? Good prayers. What kind of life do you live? A good life? We're trained to settle for okay when God is trying to give us great. Don't just settle. Because in this season, God wants to give you the great. But you've got to come with persistent prayers, bold prayers, prayers of petition with thanksgiving. There's four things I want you to take away from today. One, Walk in surrender. Before they did anything, they surrendered their life to him in Philippians. Two, be persistent. Not only for yourself, but be persistent and worried about others more than just you. It's amazing. The more I give to others, the more I keep seeing God do more for me. If we can get this understanding about giving, the more we'll get in receiving. It's a tithing principle as well. You want God to give you more, learn to give more. 
We must have the right mentality. And I don't mean the Mamba mentality, but I mean the Jesus mentality. The Jesus mentality was persistent in aligning himself with God the Father to get his will so that he could move in power here on earth. Number three, be glad, have thanksgiving. Be glad, have thanksgiving. Don't come to God in prayer defeated constantly. I get there's moments where you, you, God, I need you to do this. Some months ago, I was, I loved to drive and pray. And, and I found myself driving and, and I was giving God the things that basically was keeping me in fear, the, the, the what ifs. And all of a sudden in the middle of my prayer, I felt God just say, the Holy Spirit say, can you give me praise for anything? Have I not ever done anything on your behalf? And in that moment, I began to change my view. I began to change the way I was speaking from a place of defeat to a place of victory, from a place of lack to a place of overcoming, from a place of I didn't have enough to God, you are, you are more than enough. And it was amazing how just the spirit of thanksgiving and being glad began to change my atmosphere around me. Number four, be in the right community. It matters who you're around. It matters where you're planted. I said it earlier, the man that was paralyzed could have lived his life being paralyzed and died that way. He himself could have never gotten himself to meet Jesus. He himself could have never lowered himself through the roof. But because he was planted in the right community with the right guys that were more concerned about him walking in his healing than walking in their own, did something crazy by ripping the roof off and seeing this guy walk in a miracle. Proverbs 13, 20 says, walk with the wise and become wise for a companion a fool suffers harm. There's a quote that we live by, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. A lot of people don't like this line because they, I can be friends with anybody. I've been blood bought and I've been receding, I've been all this stuff, like, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, bro, be quiet. Because a companion, what's a companion? A friend, a friend of fools suffers harm. The fool doesn't suffer harm. It's the friend of the fool that suffers harm. So it matters who you're walking with. It matters where you're planted. It matters who you're setting under. We got so many people that wanna start new movements up. We got so many people that wanna start all these protests up, but they don't realize what they're aligning themselves under or planting themselves next to. Not every God movement is a right movement. You have to be in the right place. You have to be planted 
in the right ground. And today, as we end, I want you to stand to your feet, every person that's watching today. All of our roar groups. And I want us to do something that we've never done before. At least, I, not that I know of, maybe when we were in the building. But in our roar groups at our home, I want you to stand to your feet in groups of three, if possible. If you, if you have less than that, then just stand with what you have. And for the next five minutes, I want you to begin to pray prayers of breakthrough over the person that you're holding their hand to or you're, you're standing by. Be concerned more about others than being concerned with yourself. Because when you pray to God, God fills you with a heart for others more than he fills you a heart for yourself. God's desire is to get you ready to go make others ready, to make more disciples. It's not about me and my, it's about you and yours. But it's gonna take somebody and some people that are persistent in their walk with Christ to be persistent in a real prayer life. Victory is ours, church. Victory is ours, Roar Church. Victory is yours that is watching right here. I feel it prophetically over you. Victory is yours right now. Don't be moved by the closed door. But tear that roof off that thing and find your way to God. Because the miracle, the breakthrough is on the other side. Be persistent. Keep pressing. Father, I pray for every person that's watching right now. Father, I thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Father, I thank you for the one that is distant from you right now. That here in this moment, they're feeling the spirit and the anointing overtaking their spirit, overtaking their body. And they're feeling something that they haven't felt in a long time. And that's the spirit of being persistent. That's your anointing coming over them right now, comforting them, giving them strength, saying, I know it's been hard. I know you've been weary, but there's more. There's more. There's more. That whatever it takes, mentality is what God is filling you with right now. You've prayed, God, this is this the issue. This is this the issue. And God said, maybe it is the issue, but are you still willing to keep persisting and being persistent in prayer? Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks so much for joining us today at Roar Church Podcast. We pray that today's message absolutely blessed you. Hey, there's many ways that you can help support this ministry and give to this ministry. And one is by texting the keywords 
roargive277977. Listen, we cannot reach people without your help, and this stuff doesn't happen without the support of many. So we thank you for partnering with us, and we'll see you later.